Welcome to the first edition of Testudo Times' very own Terps in the Pros podcast on the Testudo Times Podcast Network. I'm Matt Levine, the new podcast host and editor for Testudo Times. I'm joined by managing editor Lila Bromberg and staff writer Jordan Gold. Terps in the Pros is going to be a weekly show that we do on the podcast network, and basically we will be going over Terps and the pros throughout all four major sports leagues, mainly the NFL, NBA, and MLB. But this week, we'll be going over the Terps and the pros in the NFL with the season starting tomorrow night. So the NFL teams announced their final roster decisions over the weekend with the start of the season almost here. And 12 Terps are on active 53-man rosters, and some were cut. So before we start with the active players on the active rosters, Lila, what do you have to say about the players that formerly played for Maryland that were caught in the NFL. Yeah, so unfortunately, a lot of the undrafted uh, free agents from the 2019 class um, got cut. Um, You know, you had um, a lot of guys that even, you know, had good preseason performances, but weren't able to make it. So, you know, you had linebacker Trey Watson, who was signed with the Miami Dolphins, uh, offensive lineman Damian Prince with the Steelers, linebacker uh, Jesse Annabonum with the Texans, um, and even seventh-round draft pick uh, Derwin Gray didn't make the Steelers, though he'll be um, on the practice squad as an offensive lineman. Um, with Trey Watson, too, it looks like he will have a workout with the Saints. Um, he recorded 10 uh, tackles against them in his last preseason game, so that seemed to have made an impact. But I think like the biggest shocker of all of this was Torrey Smith being released by the Carolina Panthers. Um, what was your guys' reaction when you heard that news? I wasn't too surprised. Um, the Panthers are pretty deep at receiver, but I mean, it's always surprising to see a veteran like that get released. But hopefully he'll land on his feet soon. There's definitely a couple teams in the league who could be looking for some receivers Teams that come to mind for me include the Bills, the Dolphins, maybe the Ravens, maybe the Bengals with the A.J. Green injury. I personally think the Bills would be a great fit for him because it's a really young group there outside of John Brown. They also have Cole Beasley, but I think adding a veteran presence like Smith to a young locker, young up-and-coming locker room like the Bills have, I think that could only do wonders for them. Uh, sorry, go ahead, Matt. I agree with Jordan on this one. I 100%. When you see a veteran guy like Torrey Smith get released by a team, it, it raises question marks whether he could still produce in the league or if he's just kind of there for a veteran presence. But I think even if he's just there as the veteran presence, he can help on any roster. He can even help not just the wide receivers, but the entire offense because he's been around the league for very a very long time. So he could really help basically any offense in the league. I mean, yeah, he's a two-time you know NFL champion. You can't um, you know, underestimate, I think, the kind of mentality that that brings, the leadership that that brings. And I have to say, I'm very upset to see the DJ Moore, Tory Smith uh, duo taken away um, on the Panthers. They actually, like, posted a video today of the wide receiver group, like, and they had an arm out stretch with, like, no one standing there of where Smith would be. And Torrey Smith and DJ released a video a couple weeks ago, like arguing about who was the best receiver at Maryland. Like, I just love their back and forth. It was so cool to have um, three Terps on the Panthers. Um, I love seeing them together. So that's going to be a little, you know, sad and hard to see. But you mentioned the Ravens, Jordan. I would love to see him on the Ravens. Um, 
growing up, like, I loved him on the Ravens. He was my favorite player. I was so upset when he got traded to San Francisco. You know, he was part of their Super Bowl championship. And so I think that'd be awesome. You know, he's from Baltimore. It'd be cool to have him in the area. Um, and I, I think we'll see. But I think there's no way that, you know, a couple weeks into the season that he's not on some sort of, you know, roster. Yeah, I'd ex- even if it's if it's not this week, week one, I, I'd expect soon he'll be on a roster. There will be injuries, unfortunately. There will be teams that need wide receivers and need that veteran guy in the locker room to you know really put them over the hump. So I would I would expect to see Smith in the league at some point this year. And like I could see him coaching eventually, but he, like the fact of the matter is he just turned thirty, and um. You know, I think he's still got stuff in him, but I I eventually think that he's going to end up coaching or something. But because like you said, he is that veteran presence. He's a guy who's loud and outspoken and a good leader. And so I think um, that'll be interesting. Um, But maybe, you know, the Panthers just weren't the right fit. You know, he just had a season there, um, wasn't the best, you know, season for the Panthers. They relied a lot on their running game. So I I think we'll see. And also used to factor in there that, you know, Cam Newton's favorite target is always going to be Greg Olson. Like, that team is so tight and heavy. I think it's hard for a receiver to make an impact, especially when you have so many, you know, on that roster. Just not everyone's going to get to be used the way they should be. Greg Olson, as you just mentioned, just turned 34, turning 35 in March. So it's it's, it's a little bit of irony here. We see Torrey Smith. We're saying he's the big veteran, and he was the one who was cut over Greg Olson, who you said is Cam Newton's favorite target at 34 years old. So. I think it will be interesting to see where Torrey Smith ends up. He definitely will end up on a team because he's only, as you said, 30 years old. He can still produce in this league. so And he is a veteran presence. He can help any offense. But you did mention the other Terps on the Panthers. We'll start the active players in going into the NFL from Maryland. DJ Moore going into his second year with the Panthers. He had arguably a very good rookie campaign last year. He was drafted first in the first round, 24th overall by Carolina in the 2018 NFL Draft. Had a good season last year. What do you guys expect from DJ Moore this year? Um, I think it's going to be a big year for DJ. I think, you know, as much as it sucks to have Torrey Smith not there, who's a mentor for him, I think that opens up some opportunities for him. Um, I think that, you know, your first year in the league is always an adjustment. There's a learning curve. Um, There's a lot he went through at Maryland. So, you know, I think, you know, of course, there are going to be those star rookie guys. But for a lot of people, you know, it's especially with wide receivers and other positions um, as well. But, you know, you see a guy like Saquon Barkley break out. There are some guys who break out. But for a lot of the guys, especially at this position, it's going to take some time. He has to, you know, form that connection with Newton. Like we said, Greg Olson is a big target there. But I think that as Greg Olson gets older, I think also just with the other um, receivers in the room, I think that he'll really have a shot this year. Um, If you look at his, you know, stats last year, he played in all um, 16 games. You know, he had two touchdowns, 788 yards. Um, so I think his time is coming. Yeah, I'm I'm expecting huge things from DJ this year in Carolina. I think he's not only going to have a great season football-wise, but also fantasy-wise. I think he's going to have a huge impact. All the big fantasy sites seem to be very high on him this year. Um, the athletics rankings uh, with Jake Seeley, he had him right behind guys like Robert Woods, T.Y. Hilton, Amari Cooper at the 21 spot in his receiver rankings and ahead of some big-name guys like Tyler Boyd, Alshon Jeffrey, Josh Gordon, Cooper Cup. So that just shows you the type of expectations that 
these uh, fantasy experts have for someone like Moore, also projecting higher than Calvin Ridley, who was you know the main competition from that uh, draft class. Um, I really think you saw as the season went on, the rapport with Cam Newton really gets stronger and stronger, and I think that that is going to continue into this year. And I think he's you know the firm wide receiver one there, but also it's not just him there. They have Curtis Samuel and as we mentioned, Greg Olson. I think I think he's going to have a lot of targets, a lot of catches, and hopefully a lot of touchdowns too. They've got a lot of offensive power. You know, if you look at the Panthers, Christian McCaffrey, you got, you know, Greg Olson, DJ Moore, Cam Newton. Um, you know, I'm interested to see how the Panthers do this year. It's a it's a shame that there's only two Terps left, but kind of getting into that second Terp on the Panthers, uh, Jermaine Carter Jr. What do you guys think of, you know, what he's going to do this year? Well, he's going into his second season. He played in all 16 games last year, just 13 tackles and one tackle for loss. So he, I don't think he saw much, many snaps rather, but he did play in every game, and now he's probably adjusted to the defense more. But I don't think the Panthers' defense is is one that is very special. I think it's their offense that is special. So Jermaine Carter Jr., I mean, his Maryland stats, they were decent. 37 games in the middle linebacker position from 2015 to 2017. And he led the, t- the team in tackles in those three straight seasons. So you'd think that those stats would translate into the NFL and he'd try and lead the Panthers in tackles, but I don't expect much from him considering he didn't see many snaps last year, but he'll definitely see a little bit more production than he did last season. Yeah, I agree with you, Matt. I think um, he's he's sitting behind a pretty good linebacker in Shaq Thompson, so he's he's not going to see too much time on the field, but you know that second season in the league, he's much more accustomed to how things work in the NFL and Hopefully he'll have a little bit of a bigger impact this year and maybe make some big plays for that Carolina defense. Yeah, one thing that I thought was interesting is the Panthers had him start for uh, Luke Keekley in uh, one of their preseason games. And it was interesting because like he got a lot of criticism because he, while he did you know have a ton of tackles in that game and it earned him defensive player of the game for Carolina, almost all but one, I think it was all but one tackle um, came after a catch. So... Um, it kind of seems like he's not aggressive enough on the ball. Um, and we'll see if that improves, but I didn't think that, you know, he saw a lot of time the preseason, but I didn't really think he did anything, you know, that special. Um, so I think especially of like the defensive guys on this list, he's not someone that I'm expecting a lot out of, but I think he will get to see, get to, you know, maybe have a little bit bigger of a role this year. Another guy going into his first season who, on the defensive side as well, with the Chicago Bears, it's Josh Woods, and he was just named as a rookie or as an undrafted free agent to this team. And if you look at the Bears, their defense is arguably the best in the in the league. It's it's headlined by Khalil Mack, Roquan Smith, Prince of Mukamara, HaHa Clinton Dix, and Danny Trevathan. And those guys are in the tops of their positions in all of the NFL. So I'm not expecting too much from Josh Woods, but... To see him make a roster on this defense, that has to be something that Terps fans can look forward to. Yeah, and I actually talked to him on the phone today for a feature I'm working on with him. Uh, you know, he was telling, you know, he was a, um, he graduated in 2017. In 2018, he was signed as an undrafted free agent to the Bears, um, and he um, broke his hand, um, he told me, in the second game of preseason, and that kind of put him out. And when that happened, 
Um, he was expecting to just pack his bag and, and pack his bags and go home. Of course, that's not what he wanted to do. His goal was to make the 53-man roster. He ended up making the practice squad um, and really grinded over the past year. He was actually telling me today that you know, the offensive coaches in practice would kind of yell at him because he would be just going so hard against, you know, some of their top talent and they didn't really want him getting hurt. And he would just say, well, you know, I'm trying to, you know, go my hard. It's my, I'm trying to go my hardest. It's my job to make him better. Um, and while, you know, that's a stacked defense, I think he could definitely see some time on special teams and establish himself there. What are your thoughts on Woods, Jordan? Yeah, I I think I agree with all you, with what all you guys said, but I think, um, it's a really stacked defense, and it's going to have trouble seeing the field, but I think it just goes to show, like, if you put that grind and dedication into that year on the practice squad, like, good things can come for you, and I think that's a good lesson for some of the guys, some of the rookies from Maryland who um, were cut this past weekend, you know, take what Josh Woods did, get on the practice squad, you're in the building, you got to make the most of it, and then next year you can hopefully get on a team, and I think that's that's something good to see for the other Maryland players good for the program, and hopefully he can uh, do some good stuff on the field for the Bears. And Woods has a really interesting story. You know, he uh, in high school mostly played wide receiver, a little bit uh, of defensive back, but not much. He got to Maryland, uh, was initially put at cornerback, um, then got put at safety, and he he didn't really emerge till his senior season. Um, you know, on his career at Maryland, he had um, played in 34 games, 72 solo tackles, 107 total. Um, two interceptions, a fumble recovery, eight, you know, pass deflections. Um, it basically took him his senior year to really um, become a big guy. And then he, um, once he gets to the Bears, you know, they told him that they wanted him to put on a ton of weight and switch to linebacker. So over the past year, he's been transitioning. He told me that, you know, it's just seeing the field completely differently. Um, and he actually said that Cleo Mack has helped him a lot, and being around such great defensive talent on that team has really helped him improve and adjust to the linebacker position. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that he he's up against a lot of talent, but he'll, he'll find a name for himself, and I think he's really determined. I think just to make the roster as a defender on the Chicago Bears is impressive in itself. So even if he doesn't find time, another team will probably pick him up eventually because anyone on that Bears defense can play on any other team. They're the best defense in the league. So it has to be something that he's very excited for and that other teams can even look out for him as some, someone who won't really see much time on the Bears defense. And another guy going to his first year, this time with the Detroit Lions staying in that NFC North, running back Ty Johnson, who just left the Terps last season. Career at Maryland was 46 games. He rushed for 348 attempts, 2,635 rushing yards, and 17 touchdowns. On the receiving side, he had 29 receptions and two touchdowns, and he was a kick returner at some point in his time with the Terps, two kick return touchdowns, and was just drafted by the Lions with a number 186th overall pick in the 2019 NFL Draft. And they're saying that he is going to be the third running back on that depth chart behind Carrion Johnson and C.J. Anderson, both established running backs for the Lions. But Ty Johnson should see some third down reps. And what do you guys expect from him? Um, I I honestly expect a pretty good rookie season for Ty Johnson, considering the backfield that he's in. Um, he had a great preseason, obviously a great career in Maryland. And I know the running, running back coach in Detroit and C.J. Anderson, they've both been talking about how impressed they've been with his speed and his explosiveness. And I think there's definitely going to be a role from him. 
People are talking about him as a deep fantasy sleeper, someone who could have some value later in the season as maybe there's some injuries, guys get a little worn down. But I think Ty Johnson's definitely going to have a little bit of a role with the Lions. It might take a couple weeks, but I think that there there will be some carries there and there could be some exciting plays we see on SportsCenter, on, on the highlights that you know Ty Johnson's really just making some great runs and doing some good things for the Lions. Yeah, and not just... You know, you talked about his speed, but not just, you know, running as well. Um, He also, like, his touchdown in preseason, which he had, um, getting his first NFL touchdown, even though it is a preseason, was actually a pass. Um, And that was a big moment for him. And, um, you know, I think that maybe they use him a bit out of the backfield as well um, in that way. And you saw, you know, he had limited, limited opportunities, I think, in the preseason because they realized the talent he had and didn't want to bruise him up too much. Um, You know, a bunch of guys on that team came out just talking about his speed and, you know, how special he was with that. Some guys were saying he's the fastest player on the team. Um, And I saw that at his um, pro day for Maryland. You know, he was a guy that wasn't invited to the combine. Um, A lot of people didn't expect him to go anywhere in the draft. He wasn't really projected till late. And um, he just really impressed at his pro day, had a super, super fast 40 time in the four twos, low four threes. That really impressed a ton of people. Um, and then he went fifth round, which, you know, we were doing our graphics for Tesudo Times. We were getting everything ready. And he was not someone that we expected to go fifth round. We were thinking, you know, maybe sixth, maybe seventh, um, maybe undrafted. But the fact that they used a fifth round pick on him, I think, is also, you know, a positive sign. I think in a backfield like that with on Johnson, C.J. Anderson, Anderson's a veteran at this point, and he can learn a lot from C.J. Anderson. He can learn a lot from quarterback Matthew Stafford, and Stafford's been around for a very long time. He's a pass-heavy quarterback, but the Lions, their offense has not been that good in recent years, so they might look to the younger guy like Ty Johnson and start feeding him the ball and he has the ability to just break free for a very long run, 50-plus, 60-plus yards at any point during the game. I think we have to look out for that during the season with the Lions. And another rookie going into the season with the Green Bay Packers, another NFC North team, Darnell Savage Jr., the safety for the Packers, also left the Terps last season. He was a first-round pick from the Green Bay Packers, the 21st overall selection in this past year's draft. And that has to be something the Terps have been happy about. And even the Packers and any Maryland fan in general, DJ Moore was the previous first-round selection and now Darnell Savage. In back-to-back seasons, Maryland has had a first-round selection. His career at Maryland, 45 games. He totaled 181 tackles, 9 tackles for loss, 8 interceptions, 22 pass deflections, and a fumble recover. And he had two pick sixes as well. Two of his 8 interceptions were returned for touchdowns. So... He's a very, very good leader. He was a good leader at Maryland. He's an explosive player, a very fast, good ball hawk in the secondary. And I expect a lot from Darnell Savage. Yeah, I'm excited to see what he can do. I think um, he didn't see as many, at least in the games I watched, didn't see as many snaps in the preseason. Um, I, I feel like I didn't get as huge of a you know, picture on him there to you know, really see where he was at. Um, but like you said, he's a ball hawk. He's going to go after the ball. Um, and I think that's really going to help him in the league. Um, you know, one thing that I think has been really funny and interesting uh, is his number change. So he was initially going as number 26, um, was wearing that throughout the preseason. Then I think earlier this week, um, 
he said he was switching to 21 for 21 Savage, but Jordan told me today that that is no longer true. He's no longer going to be 21. Is that the case? Yeah, that's what that's what I read uh, earlier this afternoon. It said he's going back to 26. It didn't say why. There was no real explanation for it. We were thinking of some ideas about it, about why maybe Lila was saying maybe it's some sort of copyright issue with 21 Savage. I was thinking maybe it could be something along the lines of uh, the league wanted him to switch back because of jersey sales, like something we saw in the NBA with like LeBron and Anthony Davis. I don't know. I re- really don't know. Where did you uh, see that today? Um, I saw it on the uh, local um, Green Bay, like uh, CBS affiliate, something like that. Yeah. Because that's the thing, it hasn't come out like a lot. I haven't seen a ton on it, yeah. but it'll be interesting to see if that is true. Because you know, you the whole like you said the LeBron thing, like they're, you know, there's, it's hard to kind of tell what isn't true and what isn't isn't true. If this, but honestly, I think if it is true, I think like they're promoting Twenty One Savage. If I'm Twenty One Savage, I'm like, hey, you're trying to take my likeness. I might be trying to, you know, tell the team that they need to, you know, not do that. But I don't know. I guess. I guess we'll see. I personally am a bigger fan of 21. It's the number he was drafted at. So uh, we'll see what number he suits up with this season. But I think it'll be a good one for him. Yeah, I I think it's going to be a great year for Darnell Savage. He's coming into a much improved defense. They had Adrian Amos starting next to him at the safety position. Who had a great year with the Bears last year. They also added Rashawn Gary, who they drafted in the first round as well. They have Zadarius Smith. It's going to be a much improved Packers team all around, especially with Coach Matt LaFleur coming in. So I think it's going to, Savage is going to have an immediate impact, and I think it should be a good impact that uh, gets them probably into the playoffs with you know such a great roster. I think you just said getting them into a playoffs. They will be competing with Chicago for that division championship. And if Darnell Savage can make a big impact, he's listed on the depth chart according to Packers.com, that he will be starting at the safety spot. So he's in line to make a big impact for this defense. And even if he's just learning from his teammates, obviously you have to point to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, arguably one of the best quarterbacks ever to play football. So I'm sure, although he's a defender, Aaron Rodgers will still teach him a lot about football and just being around the game and being around guys like that has to help a player's success. And moving on to another rookie heading into their first season, Byron Cowart with the Patriots defensive tackle. Played 11 total games at Maryland. He was a transfer from Auburn, transferred for his senior year to play with the Terps. He had 16 tackles, 36 total, 16 solo tackles, five tackles for losses. And he had two interceptions last season in 11 games. So what do you expect from him in New England? Um. I think that, you know, he'll play a big role. I mean, Bill Belichick doesn't really speak highly of a lot of people. And um, after that one game where he had that monster sack, I mean, that was insane. He, complete, insane. he completely rushed the defender uh, to get the sack on Marcus Mariota. It went viral. Um, and a lot of he kind of hit the radar a bit with that. And um, Bill Belichick seemed impressed with him so far. And he isn't impressed with a lot of people or at least doesn't publicly show it. Um, and while he said that he has a lot to work on, um, he, it seems like he's in a good direction there. Um, you know, and the Patriots are championship program, as much as I hate to say that, you know, they're one of the best teams in football. And so I think he, being around that kind of menta- championship mentality, being in that locker room will be really good for him. And, you know, they've, they've got a great coaching staff. So 
Um, I think he's going to learn a lot this year and um, be able to emerge. It might take him a little bit of time, but he's definitely in the right environment to really soak up as much as he can and uh, improve. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree with that. I think if you're if you're drafted to the Patriots, that's I think that's a good sign. It means Belichick sees something in you. He thinks you're going to be a contributor for them. We saw that last year with former Maryland cornerback J.C. Jackson as well, who was undrafted free agent and ended up playing a huge role for them last year. I think if Belichick sees something in you. I think that there there's a lot of talent there with Cowart. He came in. He out of high school, he was originally a five-star recruit, goes to Auburn, struggles there, comes here, has a very good season, and hopefully he can have you know a very successful season for the Patriots this year and hopefully have the same type of impact that Jackson had last year for them. And as you just mentioned, Jackson, we'll go right into him. He's going to his second season with New England, cornerback for them. Won the Super Bowl, obviously, last year with them, and he had two tackles in that Super Bowl against the Rams. Overall, though, he played 13 regular season games and had three interceptions, 24 tackles. So, I mean, I think he was a big surprise to everyone in New England. Yeah, uh, you know, that's got to be awesome, your rookie year, um, you know, winning a Super Bowl championship and actually getting to, you know, play a part in that and, um, you know, not just, you know, be on the bench the whole time. Like, he was in there playing um and, you know, on a championship team, it's hard to see playing time. And I think it's a really positive t- uh, sign that he was able to as a rookie. And I think that he's just going to build on that this year. Um, and I think it'll be good to have, you know, J.C. Jackson and, you know, Byron Cowart there together as, um, you know, they're both two uh, former Terps, even if, you know, they didn't get to really, you know, play together. Um, you know, they both kind of have there's a family aspect. All the players are kind of around each other, even if you didn't play the same years. Um, and I think that'll be really great um, to have them. It's it's really interesting just to see all the Terps that are really in the NFL, because even as much as, you know, people want to say, you know, it's not a good football program. And obviously they've struggled, you know, in the Big Ten. Um, they've produced a lot of NFL talent in recent years. Yeah, and a lot of very successful NFL talent that, you know, Maryland might not put in the biggest number of kids. They're not putting in Alabama, Georgia, LSU numbers into the NFL. But the guys who come, they, they have an impact. They play they play well, and it's it's a good look for the program for sure. But, yeah, I think Jay-Z Jackson's going to have another great season. He made some huge plays for the Patriots last year. and I think we can expect the same this year. It's very solid defense, great team, and I think he'll have uh, the same type of impact this year that he had last year, if not more. And I think one guy that has the potential to have the biggest impact of all of these people is Stefan Diggs. Um, you know, last year was his uh, best year in the NFL so far, um, having 1,021 yards. Um, he had nine touchdowns on just 102 catches. Um, and that was, you know, all adjusting to a new new quarterback. Um, and I think now that he, um, now that they kind of have a repertoire, now that, that's a bit more established. I think that he's going to do even better um, this year. And, uh, yeah, he, I mean, he's really, like, become, I think, the best Terp in the NFL. Yeah, Diggs has certainly solidified himself as, you know, the top fantasy option in terms of uh, Maryland players. Comes in this year in the athletic uh, rankings, ranked number 13 for receivers, 33 overall. So, I mean, that's... It's a high pick. That's someone who's going in the third or fourth round in most drafts. And I think he's going to have another awesome year. 
He has Thielen in that wide receiver room as well, which, you know, takes some of the pressure and attention off of him from some of the elite cornerbacks because they got to juggle both them. So I think it'll be another great year for Diggs in Minnesota. I agree. I think he's on pace to have another very, very solid season. He's ranked 73rd on the NFL's top 100 list. And if you make that top 100, essentially you're a Pro Bowl caliber player and you're set to have a very good season. And he did just that last year, and I think he'll do even better this year. Obviously, everyone remembers the Minneapolis miracle where he caught the ball on the sideline, broke free for a touchdown to send the Vikings past the Saints in the playoffs. And that was a huge, huge catch, probably the biggest of his career and probably the one that will be the biggest for the rest of the way. But I think to, we have to expect a lot from Stefan Diggs, and he's really going to juggernaut that Vikings offense this season. Yeah, I expect a lot of him. I'm excited to, you know, see how he improves and see, you know, how he plays. You know, he's still you know, a young guy, his fifth year in the league. So um, I think it's going to – he's he's just a fun player to watch. Um, did either of you guys take him on fantasy? I think I have him in one league. I did take him in one of my leagues just because he went to Maryland. I also have DJ Moore as well in that league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have, I have more also. Expecting big things from him. <laughs> See, I had more on uh, my bench last year, and he did some, you know, good things when I brought him in. Um, but I, I remember like someone in my league last year um, had Stefan Diggs, and one of the games they beat me in, um, he had a really good game, and I was like, "You're using like a terp against me, like that's not cool." But um, yeah, I, I think he's gonna have a great season. And uh, speaking of star Terps in the league, the other big star on the defensive side would be Yannick Ngakwe of the Jaguars. He's going to be entering his fourth year in the league and came with a little bit of drama this offseason. He had a couple-week holdout from the Jags training camp. He is entering a contract year. He's looking for a new contract, but he did end his holdout because if he didn't, he wouldn't have been eligible for free agency. So he reported to Jags camp and uh, will probably have another great season for that loaded Jaguars defense. They drafted Josh Allen out of Kentucky uh, with the seventh overall pick, which they play very similar positions. So maybe it's reinforcements if he leaves after this year. Maybe not. We'll see what type of impact Allen has on Ngakwe's uh, snaps and stats. It was interesting to have him uh, have that holdout, you know, I think you've really seen over the past couple of years, NFL players kind of get on to what NBA players have been doing for some time now with really trying to assert themselves more of teams, um, arguing more, you know, for their contracts, you, ho- you know, have all the, you know, Le'Veon Bell and uh, Antonio Brown stuff. And so it was interesting to, you know, see him be a part of that. It was a shame to, you know, leave people it was, it was hard to, like, see, not know what was happening for so long, but, I mean, it looks like he's going to end up with them. Um, if you look at, you know, his career at Maryland, um, you know, 38 games, 57 solo tackles, 85 total, 33 tackles for loss, 21.5 sacks, an interception, you know, three fumble recoveries, and he's first in program history in single-season sacks, having 13.5 in 2015. Um, so, you know, he's a monster on the defensive end. Yeah, especially on that Jaguars defense, which is absolutely stacked, as Jordan said. But last year they struggled a little bit. They didn't live up to the ex- expectations that everyone thought they would. And I think this year they'll have a little little bit less pressure on them because of last year's performance. And I think that'll help them a lot in terms of how they succeed this year. 
And Ngakwe made the Pro Bowl in 2017, so, and he's played in three career postseason games. He's looking to get back into that caliber-type player that he was in 2017. And as, as I said, they did struggle last year, so that was why he didn't make it to the Pro Bowl. But I assume that the Jaguars' defense will have an extreme year once again, and that will probably send him to the Pro Bowl again. I mean, yeah, he has 29.5 sacks in just his three, you know, seasons. Um, 9.5 last season. Um, and, yeah, he, he, he's got good things coming. I mean, he also had 28 um, combined tackles. So, you know, it's his fourth year. He, as established as he is, kind of like Stefan Diggs, he's still young. And so there's just so much um, more potential. And I think he can go down as a really, really, you know, great um, defensive player in, the, in history for the Jaguars, you know, if he can live up to his potential and continue on the path he's on. Another big name, probably the biggest, if not Stefan Diggs or Ngakwe, is Vernon Davis going into his 14th season, once again with the Redskins, a tight end for Washington in the DMV area, and had a very solid career with Maryland, 83 receptions for 1,371 yards and nine touchdowns. He was the sixth overall pick in 2006 by the 49ers. And that is a very, very early selection for a Maryland player. We haven't seen that. The earliest since then was DJ Moore and Darnell Savage. So what do we expect from Vernon Davis? I personally don't expect much unless Jordan Reed continues to get hurt. But Jordan Reed, when he plays, is an elite tight end. And I just don't expect Vernon Davis being his age. He's a very old player now. I mean, he's a very good veteran presence, just like Torrey Smith is. So I don't think that Vernon Davis will get cut, but I don't expect too much. What do you guys think? Yeah, um, not expecting much statistically, but as Matt said, you know, he's a good veteran presence, and I think he's a good guy for them to have in their young locker room. I saw he was talking up Dwayne Haskins. He seems excited for the future of the Redskins. And, you know, he's got some good things going on in his personal life. I saw he got engaged last summer. He had a day named after him in Washington, D.C. on March 12th, uh, Vernon Davis Day, to honor him for his community work. He's a two-time Pro Bowler. He's a one-time All-Pro. I mean, he's as accomplished as they come for Terps and the pros, and hope he can uh, have a couple big plays this year. But, you know, I'm not expecting too much. Yeah, I mean, it is his 14th year, you know. People joke and say it's been not for long, League. Um, To make it 14 years is... Um, an accomplishment in itself. And I, I think what's interesting is, you know, he's the only tight end on this list. Really, um, you know, there isn't a lot of tight end talent to come out of Maryland. A big storyline that we've been following this entire offseason is that Loxley is coming in and is going to want to use tight ends more. And I think that you're going to start seeing some more tight end uh, NFL trips to come out. I could very well see Tyler Mabry, who is on the team right now, going into the NFL. Um, and Vernon Davis sets the example for that. And, you know, we talked about the stats he had while at Maryland. You've been seeing a tight end at Maryland have those kind of stats in a very, very long time. They accounted for less for 4% of the receiving yards last season. Um, so even less than that of the offense. Um, and they just haven't had a big role. So I think that he's a great example for that. And it'll be great for the tight ends on Maryland to have him um, in the area to give advice as they start to play a bigger role this year. And two guys heading into their fourth season, Quentin Jefferson, we'll start with him, in Seattle, a defensive tackle there, drafted in the fifth round in 2016 by Seattle, and 
has had a pretty good career in the NFL. He's played 25 games, has had 33 tackles in those 25 games, and 19 quarterback hits. I think that's something to look forward to with him for Seattle is that he gets to the quarterback. 19 quarterback hits in 25 games. That is a very, very high production rate from Quentin Jefferson. And I don't know if I should expect too much from him, but the Seattle defense has surprised and been pretty solid the last couple of seasons. So I think he'll have a pretty good year. Yeah, that Seattle defense is certainly reloaded, obviously, with the addition of Jadavian Clowney. And hopefully Jefferson can carve out a bit of a bigger role in that defense. Looks like he's second on the uh, depth chart right now. But with those numbers that Matt said, you know, hopefully he can carve out a big, a bit of a bigger role this year and, you know, put up some uh, bigger numbers. Yeah, I'm interested to see, you know, what he, uh, what he can do. You know, like you said, 19 quarterback hits, you know, that's a lot. Um, you know, he hasn't really been able to produce the kind of, you know, uh, sacks he was able to have at Maryland. He had 10.5 sacks in his, you know, Maryland career. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if he can maybe um, try and get some more sacks this year. Um, just to see what he does with that defense. I think that in my mind, at least, I always like seem to uh, discount the Seahawks. Um, you know, I didn't think they were able to do some of what they were able to do last year um, or the year before that. And, you know, while everyone focuses on Russell Wilson and things like that, I think, you know, they do have a defense, good defense, and he can play a bit of a bigger role in that. Again, so many of these guys on this list are so young. He is also entering his fourth year in the league. Yeah, and Jefferson, his uh, most famous moment came in the 2017 season when some Jacksonville fans were throwing stuff at him on the field and he tried to go into the stands and was restrained from trying to fight them. So hopefully this year he can, uh, you know, make a – more impression on the field than you know off the field and you know make a bigger moment than that on the field than uh, that off the field moment and also heading into his fourth season is Sean Davis safety for the Pittsburgh Steelers and he had a decent year last year but Jordan mentioned today that he injured his ankle during the third post uh, preseason game excuse me so I think it'll be interesting to see if that ankle is a long-term injury or if he'll come back and I think he can really help the Steelers' defense because obviously their bright spot has always been their offense. They're not a really defensively sound team. And Sean Davis, a former second-round pick, so he has a lot of potential and upside to him. And I think that the Steelers are going to need to depend a lot more on their defense this year. If you had you know, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell leave, um, as well as they were able to um, produce without you know, having them some of the time Last season, I think that a lot of Ben Roethlisberger's uh, production came from them. And while they do have a lot of young talent, I just don't think that that young talent um, on offense is at the level of what they're used to having. And so I think that um, they're going to struggle a little bit this year. And the defense is really going to be a big deciding factor in in if they can win games because I think they're going to struggle offensively a little bit. So Sean Davis will be, you know, big with that in really trying to – help that team, you know, maintain its status. Um, you know, they missed the, um, you know, playoffs last season. And, you know, they're looking to get back to success as much as I don't want to see it as I am a Ravens fan. I think that um, he'll emerge as a big staple, even more so for their defense because of that. I mean, he is listed on the Steelers depth chart as the starter in the safety spot. So if he does come back from that ankle injury in time, for Sunday's game, I think Mike Tomlin said he will be questionable for that game. But if he does come back, 
and this isn't a long-term injury, I think he will really help this defense. Yeah, I think uh, Davis, he's a, he's a key cog for that uh, Steelers defense. He's uh, you know, entering his fourth season. Um, he's very decent at uh, covering the tight end position. He's Big hitter. Hopefully he has, you know, that same type of impact that he's had in the past for that Steelers defense. You know, as Lila said, they're probably going to have to rely on it a little bit more, you know, with those, uh, with the breakup of the triple Bs. But, uh, yeah, hopefully he has a, another good season. So one thing we want to implement in the Terps and the Pros, maybe just for this show, if not for the rest of them, but with the NFL preview that we've been doing today, we want to do uh, our biggest breakout our biggest star and our biggest bust, not just offensively, not just as fantasy players, but in general as a former Maryland player. So we'll start with the breakout. And mine is going to be Darnell Savage. Darnell Savage obviously had a phenomenal career with the Terps. And going into the Packers uh, defense, I think he'll be a very, very solid safety there. And he'll really learn a lot from veterans like Aaron Rodgers. And the Packers have a really a new-faced defense, as Jordan mentioned earlier. So I really do think Darnell Savage is going to have a phenomenal season coming out of the first round. And I have to say that I think my biggest breakout is going to be Ty Johnson. Um, you know, they're, like uh, you guys mentioned, uh, they've got some veteran backs there that he can learn from. But I also kind of think that he can even take the role over carry on Johnson uh, a little bit into the season. He impressed in his time in the preseason. He's so fast. Um, he's got some great moves and I think that, you know, they're going to rely on him a lot because that's a team that, you know, kind of, you know, really struggled throughout the preseason. I don't think they're going to have the best season. He was one of their bright spots in the preseason. I think they'll continue to go rely on him and he'll just, you know, continue to improve. But I, I think that by the end of the season, he's number two or number one um, on that depth chart for running backs. Yeah. And uh, my biggest breakout, none other than uh, DJ Moore, I think, uh, it's all set up for him to have, you know, a star season, really solidify himself as, you know, a top-tier wide receiver one in this league this year. He's got a great quarterback in Cam Newton, and, you know, all the pieces are there for him. I think the Panthers are going to have a good season, and I think DJ Moore is one of the keys to that. And with all of these guys, you know, let us know in the comments who you think who your picks are for these, who you think if there's someone that we, you know, didn't mention on our biggest breakout, biggest star, biggest bus, let us know what you think in the comments. So we'll go right to biggest star. I have Yannick Ngakwe as my biggest star because I don't want to be too generic and pick Stefan Diggs like Lila, but Well then <laughs> <laughs> I think I think with the, the new Jaguar it's not new, but the Jaguars defense struggled a little bit last season. I think this year they'll have a phenomenal bounce back year and I think that will be not juggernauted, but helped a lot by Ngakwe. And obviously they have Jalen Ramsey, and, and obviously they have a lot of assets there, almost as good as the Chicago Bears defense. But I think Ngakwe will really have another Pro Bowl year like he did in 2017. He's a former third-round pick, so there's a lot of upside going into his fourth season. As Matt mentioned, I have Stephon Diggs. And while he is, you know, the reason why he's a generic pick is because he's an easy pick because he – you know, is, I think, the biggest talent of any of these guys. We talked about the Minneapolis miracle. We talked about everything that he's done. And I think, you know, he's he's built throughout his career in terms of just building on, on you know, yardage, um, touchdown, just production all across the board. 
Um, I think he's now got a lot of confidence that's going to help his game. He knows that the team is confident in him, and he's got a huge fan base now. I think that you know he's going to take advantage of all of that and really show everyone even more so what he's made of and be the biggest star among the Maryland guys in the NFL. And I think he'll be a big star among fantasy and just all wide receivers in the NFL in general. Yeah, so for my biggest star, well, I think – Moore is going to have an incredible year, and I think Diggs is going to have an incredible year. I'm going to agree with Matt here. I'm going to go with Yannick Ngakwe. And like he said, I think that the Jaguars' defense has a nice bounce-back year, and he's going to be a very key piece to that. When they were so dominant during the 2017 season, he had 12 sacks. So if they're going to get back to that dominant level, Ngakwe is going to be a big part of that. And I also think that he's going to have a great year because – you know, it's a contract year. All these athletes, they all have their biggest years and contract years. He he wants to prove that he's the guy. He's a top-tier defensive end in this league, especially after the Jaguars put a little bit of pressure on him by taking someone like Josh Allen with the seventh overall pick. Hopefully, he can play his way into a massive contract and pro- probably will end up with him getting franchise tagged, but hopefully he can get you know a big, big payday at the end of this year. And biggest bust, Lila, why do you have Jermaine Carter? Um, You know, I just think that while he could have a bigger role this year, I wasn't really um, impressed as much as I would like to be with his preseason performance. As I mentioned, um, he, you know, was struggling to um, really get to uh, receivers and, you know, before they were able to make the catch, he was making tackles after. But in in this league, you got to get to them before that. Um, And I just don't think that, right now he's kind of been aggressive enough um you know I hate to have to pick any of these guys it you know sucks to say that a turp is going to be a bust but if I have to pick one I think it's going to be him um so for my biggest bust I wouldn't even I wouldn't call him a bust but I'd just say Vernon Davis just from the simple pat simple fact that he probably just won't put up very much numbers this year and he's a backup tight end in an offense that is not not very good and He's just he's getting up there in age, and I just don't see much production from Vernon Davis this year. What so, about you, Matt? I don't necessarily have a bust. If I had to choose one singular guy, it would be Vernon Davis just because he's 35 and plays behind Jordan Reed. But I think a lot of these Terps guys going into the league in their first or second year, Josh Woods has improved himself. He's going into his first year. Ty Johnson going into his first year. Darnell Savage. Also his first year. And DJ Moore going to his second year. Byron Cower going to his first year. JC Jackson going to say. It's just all these guys, a lot of them haven't proved themselves yet, so they can't be a bust. And the guys who have proved themselves, Stefan Diggs, Vernon Davis, um, and and Gakwe, I think I think obviously you have to point to Davis of the guys who have proved themselves to be a bust. Yeah, so I guess we'll have to check in. You know, we'll be checking in throughout the season. We'll see who was right and who wasn't. Uh, we'll see who had the you know best predictions with those. Again, comment and let us know what you're thinking. And you know we're going to be continuing to uh, you know do this podcast. Like Matt mentioned, we will be talking about the major leagues. Uh, there's also a ton of turfs in the Premier Lacrosse League. Um, you know, across Olympic sports and things like that. So we'll be talking, you know, mainly about the major sports, but also about those as well. So let us know if there's a player you want us to talk about, um, if there's something you want us to, you know, look into or, you know, discuss. So uh, I think that'll do it for the first edition of Terps in the Pros on the Testudo Times Podcast Network. 
obviously joined by Lila Bromberg, Jordan Gold, and I'm Matt Levine. Stay tuned for coverage on all the Terps and the pros throughout all sports leagues coming up on the Testudo Times Podcast Network. Very cool. I think that went.